Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival. The 8th annual New York City premiere will be October 2023, along with the 5th annual New York Cat Film Festival before traveling the country, supporting local animal welfare groups. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at TracyHotchnerPets.com. I would not be able to bring you this show without the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. This show would not be possible without the longtime support from Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food. Other pet food companies may have copied them over time, but Waruva remains privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards, not investors who focus on profits. I have the great pleasure of welcoming Dr. Marty Becker to the show. A lot of you might have seen him for years and years on Good Morning America. He's also written more books than there, than fit on one shelf. And he's just a greatly beloved veterinarian in the veterinary industry. And a lot of people that have dogs and cats are familiar with him. But he did something a few years ago that was really quite revolutionary. There is an idea of fear-free as a concept that he sort of trademarked. And I'm going to ask him to explain it better. But my own vet wears an emblem on her smock that says it's a fear-free practice. And I thought, this is great. Marty has reached all the way to a little town in Vermont. So, Marty, <laughs> congratulations on taking the germ of an idea and making it into a national program so that vets and vet techs and vet assistants understand that there are different ways of handling animals that make it a better experience for them. And I guess ultimately they're humans too, right? Yeah, you know, sometimes there's, it's, my dad used to say, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. But I, I think on this thing, it was serendipity or providence because it it really was this thing about looking at the emotional well-being of animals. I mean, duh. We, <laughs> those of us that have pets in our home, we know when they're stressed with thunderstorms uh, or fireworks or lease aggression or excessive barking or all these signs. And and that's often why we get in this thing is this love of animals, you know, that soft side, that, that human animal bond, that affection connection. 
And, and honestly, I've had boarded veterinary behaviorists talk to me about this before, but it went in one ear and out the other. I thought, well, the, the biting, the barking, the lunging, the shivering, the shaking, the panting, the yawning, the salivating cats. We used to joke that they were after going to the clinic, <laughs> fight, fight, <laughs> fight, fight, flight, uh, or fidget. And it was just like, yeah, we love animals. Yeah, we're compassionate. We're not going to, uh, you know, physically abuse them. But it took aborted veterinary behaviorist at one lecture in October of 2009 when I was literally going to, as soon as she got started, I, I wished her good luck. Her name was Dr. Karen Overall as she walked in the room up in Vancouver Island in Victoria soon as she engaged a pot of people, I was going to sneak out and go meet my wife and have an ice-cold Canadian beer and dinner. <laughs> and she changed my life. Come she on. Talked to her. Wow. Yeah, her opening, her opening sentence was, fear is the worst thing a social species could experience, and it causes permanent damage to the brain. Whoa. And then she continued, those of us that work with animals, veterinarians, trainers, groomers, are causing repeat severe psychological damage to pets by what we're doing or not doing. She explained that... Uh, Fear is caused by something painful or something disturbing. So you trim nails too short on a dog. That's painful. Now they see the nail trimmers. That's disturbing. You use a syringe in a clinic to draw blood, to give a vaccination, to uh, give a long-acting mm -hmm. antibiotic. All painful. Now seeing the syringe after that is disturbing. And then this is where she got me to lend this story. She, she said, all animals... But let's talk, let's just talk for this dogs, okay? Dogs and cats. Okay. They are exactly the same as a one-year-old child. They are taken against their will. She called it health care. Taken against their will for health care. Number two, they have no idea why a procedure benefits them. A one-year-old child or a 10-year-old dog, how does this, this poke in my ass to give me a rabies <laughs> shot benefit me? Uh, how does how does manipulating my sore hip or examining a painful wound or sticking an otoscope in an ear that looks like a fire pit, how does that benefit me? And then number three, they don't have a concept of time. Like those of us that got get flu vaccinations or got COVID, all right, you go to the doctor, the whole trip's an hour. The time in the clinic itself is a half hour. The time that you get the shot is 30 seconds, and then you wait 15 minutes, and then you get to go home. They don't have that concept of time. So even if the, the release of fear, relief of fear, anxiety, and stress and pain is a moments away, they, they can't anticipate that. And finally, and most importantly, they can't flee the threat. So you know what? When we go, if you're scared of going to the dentist, you don't go to the dentist. If you get in there and you're terrified, you leave. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the pet has no choice. So what happens is they are traumatized, and they think going to the vet I'm going to be harmed or killed. And the pet parent thinks I'm hurting my pet by trying to help it. It is so stressful to go. I, maybe I'll just see how it does or, or yeah, it's lame or yeah, it's, it's mouth looks like a flamethrower went across it, but God, God, they hate going to the vet. So anyway, went back to boarded veterinary behaviorists there at the time there was about uh, 80 of them. Now there's a hundred and spent five years in proof of concept and figured out how do you actually do it how do you we got this slogan which i happen to love maybe because i i saw somebody else not using it and asking if we could use it but it's, it's uh taking the pet out of petrified oh how that's very clever 
Yeah. So that's what happened. We we waited five years and then launched as an online education company. And here we are um, six years later, 250,000 veterinary professionals certified, 100,000 people that work at shelters or rescues have gone through a five-hour online course. We're in 77 countries. And it's it's not just changing the way small animals are treated, but eventually you're going to see Chobani yogurt made from uh, fear-free cows, and you're going to – this sounds – it doesn't sound right, but you're going to eat a chicken from Chick-fil-A that was raised in a fear-free way, and it's just never knew at the time that it would take off like this. Well, that's interesting because if you look at the work of Temple Grandin, who people view as, I don't know, an animal welfare uh guru, let's say. She's she's an extraordinary woman, fascinating. But her work was to take the fear out of cattle being moved in to be slaughtered so that basically they rendered better meat. Let's be honest. If the the cattle are stressed and there's all this lactic acid and and cortisol and adrenaline coursing through their, their systems as they're roughly pushed into the slaughter facility or the place that they're trucked from, then it's going to harm the meat. Now, her reason was, in theory, she was she was working for the meat industry, right? But it was that same idea that you're talking about, that if the animals could feel some level of comfort, less fear, the whole thing would work better. And I guess that's really, in some very primitive way, what you're saying about pets in a vet's office. If the, the less fear that can be engendered in the pet, the better the experience is going to be for everybody, and then people will bring their animals to the vet more. Is that kind of like the bottom line? Yeah. Tracy, i got to give you a compliment, and this is not sucking up to you, okay? This is not – this is, I guess, in our business, we could call it leg humping. But you, that, like, just what you said right there was so pithy and so descriptive of Temple Grandin's work, and – the reason that it kind of made me give that whole body shiver, because when you mentioned Temple Grandin's name, we have 256 people on the Fear Free Advisor Group. There's there's 80 board of behaviorists. There's 20 PhD behaviorists. We have the head of ethology at MIT, the head of animal cognition, who you might know from Duke, Brian Hare. Sure. The head of animal cognition at Barnard, Alexander Horowitz. Yep. Uh, we've got animal handling experts. We've got experts in every segment of veterinary medicine. So ophthalmology, neurology, uh, dermatology, orthopedics, pain. There's one person we have that's the only gifted person out of that 256 people, and that's Temple Grandin. And I knew Temple for, I've known her for 30 years, but I've only got to know her, I mean, deeply know her the last six years because she became part of the Fear Free Advisory Group, and in in October of 2020, when COVID hit, I took no trips except that one trip to Fort Collins, Colorado, where I met up. She lives on the uh, in Fort Collins, and we went to a companion animal practice for two days. So here's Temple Grandin, who has these these crazy gifts. So I'm kind of surfing behind her like a wakeboard, <laughs> you know. And I watch her outside the clinic, and she's examining everything with this great detail. And she's looking at vertical surfaces uh, because of where pets mark. She's looking at the paths they come in. She's looking if there's reflections uh, and differences in light and dark. And then she walked in this practice, and she just stopped, and she goes, 
this is for a, for a dog, this is unacceptable. And what it was, was Trazo flooring. And we think of Trazo, think of a bank lobby or an airport where they have that stuff that looks like marble, but it's not. Yes. Uh, and she goes to them, that's ice. They oh, don't wow. see that shine. So she goes, you need to put runners down here. And then we went into treatment. Then we went into, or excuse me, in the exam rooms, we went into treatment. And then in treatment, she, we watched a dog being induced for anesthesia. And this is something that's done 100,000 times today in clinics across the United States, if not more. So you take a dog, you either put a catheter in or you just go straight for a vein and you do the, a, they have a pre-anesthetic. Then they do the stuff that's the anesthetic and that right. induces anesthesia. So now they, they are unconscious. Now you put a, a tube and then a tracheal tube in and you inflate it. Now you hook up the gas and now you get the clippers out and now you vacuum it up and, and now there's an infusion pump. And so it's all normal, except there was, three people, the dog was struggling. So there's three people holding it down. And when it, it's struggling, not bad, but struggling. And then when it, when it hit the, you know, the anesthetic went in, it collapsed. And so it kind of clunked on the table. Right. And Temple turns around and behind us, it looked like the, the Roman gallery at the Coliseum. There was three dogs and two cats, all in defensive posture, tails tucked, feet up underneath them, ears back, and they were watching. Oh, I'll be darned. Dog. And she goes, this is unacceptable. She goes, ideally, these dogs would not be, the dogs and cats would be separated. But you have to block, at least block line of sight. And and she'd always go, like, this is a 50-year-old clinic. And she always says, hey, you don't have to remodel the whole thing. Just make something that works. And she suggested uh, a, a, a curtain like they used in in human er to just right, draw to pull around yeah yep and that's that's what they did and and one one last thing about this story i could i could go on and on with her but she said i want every pet's first visit to the vet to be 100 percent positive i don't care if you bring them back it's a puppy or a shelter dog and you bring them back 24 hours later for their visit where they get the vaccinations but i want that to be 100 percent positive and then she has suggested that there's there's this sound that you don't hear when and Tracy in the work that you do you probably are also that you don't notice the barking as much as people that aren't used to the industry do <laughs> you get That's desensitized funny. so she had had this clinic record the background noise of treatment and so every new pet parent went home with that to de desensitize them and also everybody took a syringe home what they do with the syringe they dipped it in peanut butter. They they wrapped uh, put easy cheese on it. No they stuck kidding. it in a piece of hot dog. So now the pet, every time it sees a syringe, it's like, oh hell yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's just funny. It's uh God, I just got that whole body shiver again. It just it it took the pet out of petrified and put the treat into treatment. That's really what's really wonderful about it is seeing it from the animal's perspective and respecting the fact that they have cognition and memory. And maybe they don't have the sense of time, as you mentioned, about the passage of time. But they certainly remember things that happened in certain places with certain people. And they have a very strong memory of that. They may not be elephants in the memory department, but they certainly have strong memories. The, the other person who was one of the very first to talk about the concept of how we handle pets, how we physically handle them, we meaning practitioners, whether they're dog trainers or 
uh, groomers or vets or vet techs was Sophia Yin. And I didn't realize that Karen Overall had been your first inspiration. I thought it was Sophia Yin because she'd written that textbook. I even shared a podium with her once at UC Davis. I was trying to talk about pet food and she was trying to talk about what you've now coined as fear-free. But that was an idea that she had that she was passionate about it. I mean, almost to the point of, in, in, you know, like it's so insistent. It was what she kind of lived for. Sadly, she died at her own hand for reasons that have, you know, only she and the people closest to her would know. But wasn't she a pioneer in this concept? Oh, yeah. She, matter of fact, I, I, I should say she's, she's, she just is very, very close behind Temple Grandin, if you think of the scheme of this, because she had this uh, stress less handling. And there's another right. person. Right. And, and matter of fact, she's one of the first five people on the Fear Free Advisory Group. So we, we, she still has, she's, she has very, some very unique stuff. Hers, hers is about, hers was all about handling. And that's just kind that's of one right. piece of, fear, one piece of Fear Free. But she absolutely was one of the pioneers. And when people think, oh, Marty Becker, he founded Fear Free. Well, guess what? I, I am a below average veterinarian. Oh, God, Marty. No, this is the truth. If you took every skill, okay, surgical skill, um, uh, these these geriatric patients. We have less than a, I just want to tell you, we have less than a minute left. I'm interrupting. Okay. You're so So, not below average. I mean, you're an idea person. I'm sure you are the most delightful, fun guy in the exam room, and that is more important than whether I, you can close a wound, you know, more beautifully than a, than a tailor. I, I just want to say that I think what you've done with Fear Free is really revolutionary and visionary, and you didn't do it by yourself. You found you you inspired a hundred people to spend five years giving their ideas and their thoughts, probably for free, and. In that in itself is an incredible accomplishment. We have run out of time, Marty, but I hope people will listen to our conversation on my show, Exotic Pets with Dr. Doug Mater, because I want to know, how do you gently take care of a ball python? So thank you for being here. It's wonderful to share time with you, Marty, and everyone should look on their own vet smock for the fear-free emblem. Thanks, Marty. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Wonderside, a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective natural way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your pets and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human-edible, ethically-sourced ingredients and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and have been doing that for 14 years and answer only to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, also privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. 
Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative Dog Chew No Hide and the hybrid dog food Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky blue Weimarano Maisie will eat.